You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> hey guys, producer Darren here. Before we get into the podcast, I wanted to give you a quick announcement about a two-day intensive that Cindy is hosting in Tampa, Florida on September 16th and 17th. Are you an entrepreneur who is looking for spiritual and professional guidance from an experienced faith-based coach? Are you ready to take your business to the next level, but aren't sure where to start? Do you have big goals, but need help developing a strategic plan? This class could be the catalyst for a lifestyle shift that will affect every area of your life, including your family, your business, and most importantly, increasing your experience of oneness with God. Spots for this event are limited and early bird pricing starts June 1st. You'll want to go to cindy-stewart.com to get more information and get registered for this event today. Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. Hi, I'm Cindy Stewart. Thank you so much for joining me today. We're going to have a great time talking about tune-ups. Now, do you take your car for a tune-up? All of us do if we have a car. It has to be tuned up every so often to keep it in shape. Well, the kind of tune-up I'm talking about today is a spiritual tune-up. A spiritual tune-up is where we take ourselves in and do a tune-up on our mind, our emotions, our will, our thoughts, on the things that keep us running healthy. You know, when we have something that is not uh, a good thought, then it keeps us from being healthy because we spend a lot of time on that thought. So I want you to prepare your hearts for a spiritual tune-up. It's going to be great. One of my favorite scriptures is from 3 John 1-2. And John writes, Beloved friend, I pray that you're prospering in every way and that you will continually be in good health just as your soul prospers. Well, John is writing a blessing of prosperity. And we all want prosperity. We all want to be blessed with prosperity. But the word prosperity means to grant success in an issue, in an area, that you have success in an area, that you are prospering in those areas. And he says he wants us to prosper in every way and enjoy good health. So he wants our health to prosper and he wants our soul to prosper. And as I said a little earlier, our soul includes our mind, our thoughts, our will, and our emotions. So we want to prosper in our soul. You know, Joshua 1, the Lord told him, he says that, that we are to meditate on the word day and night. And that's what brings us success. That's what makes us prosper. And when we chew and meditate on it, it changes the things that don't agree with it, with the Word of God, into an agreement. It transforms us. It's kind of like um, 
this scripture out of Second Chronicles, and the Lord had me read. Does the Lord ever do this to you? He had me read Second Chronicles chapters 18 through 22 over and over and over again. It went on for months. And every time he would lead me, let's read this, I would say, Lord, I've already read it. But I would go ahead and read it. And each time he would just highlight something new for me. And so it became one of my favorite scriptures was Second Chronicles 20, 20 through 22 out of that section. And I would just meditate on it. And it says, believe in the Lord your God. So we believe God and you'll be established. Believe in his prophets and you shall prosper. And when he consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of his holiness as they went out before the army. And they were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now listen to this. This is the key part. This is how we prosper. And this is one key indicator of it. Now, when they begin to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. So as we sing, as we praise, as we meditate and chew on the word, the Lord goes before us and sets an ambush for the enemy that comes against us. Now that word has just become a part of me. Whenever I'm faced with an enemy issue or I feel like the, that things are out of sync and out of order, I just praise God, I trust him that he's going to defeat the enemy out of my praises. So that's what John is doing. He is blessing us with prosperity, that anointing for success and being in good health. And so when we talk about our mind being in good health, our thoughts being in good health, our, our emotions being in good health. We know that sometimes they get out of alignment. We know it. Have you ever had someone cut you off in traffic and you just get so mad you want to scream at the top of your lungs? Or you do actually scream. They probably just can't hear you screaming. You know, that's when our emotions kind of get out of control and they begin to lash out. Have you ever had your emotions lash out and then you regretted what you said or what you did because you did? I know I have. I know, especially, um, you know, in my younger days, I had a little bit of a fiery temple, temper. I know that's shocking for all of you, but I really did. And part of it was because the way I was brought up, we resolved by shouting. And whoever could overrun the other person with the tongue, with the shouting, that was the person who won the argument. It wasn't about reason. It wasn't about figuring things out. It was about who could blast out the other person. So truly, I had to have a spiritual tune-up on that. I had to have the Lord work with me to help me keep my emotion in check because my emotion screaming at someone, that's not of the Lord, but it's what I learned. So I had to relearn a new behavior. And, and that happens to all of us where we, we have things within us or even thoughts within us. Have you ever been in a place where you're just playing out the worst possible scenario? You're going to meet with someone 
and you're, it's going to be confrontational. So you're just sitting there playing out. What if this happens? And what if they get mad? And what if they walk out? And what if we don't get it resolved? You know, those are thoughts that keep us from having a prosperous soul because we're looking at the worst case scenario instead of trusting God for the best case scenario. And, and that's really what he wants us to do. I just want to read a couple of scriptures to us. It says in uh, Luke's 4, 16 through 22, it says, so Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and it was his custom. He entered into the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood to, up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written saying, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to announce release, pardon and forgiveness to the captives and to recovery of the sight to the blind and to free those who are oppressed. Uh, and in the Amplified, it includes downtrodden, bruised and crushed by tragedy. So Jesus has come to free us from being downtrodden from where we've been crushed by the enemy or by tragedy in our life, whether it's in our childhood, whether it's in a marriage that did not work, whether it's through uh, pain and disappointment of trauma, God has come to heal us. And when he finished reading, he rolled up the scroll and he said, today, today, the scripture has been fulfilled. Today, this can be fulfilled in your life. He has sent us healing. God has sent us healing through his son. And you know, there's a lot of ways that he heals us. Sometimes it happens in a heartbeat. It happens immediately. Sometimes it's a process of kind of uncovering what is hidden so we can clean it out and be able to be whole again. You know, it's like they say, peeling an onion, there's different layers. We take out the very top layer, it's the thin, thin skin. Then it gets thicker and thicker and thicker as we go. We just kind of peel the layers as we go so we're able to step in to a prosperity of our soul. And I wanna talk about this one person that really went through this process. And, and he was taken through by the Lord, a process of healing and I just want to share it with you. It is so good. I love to use this as an illustration. So Gideon is someone out of Judges 6. And an angel of the Lord had appeared to him. And he said, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Now, it's interesting. God called him a mighty man of valor. And Gideon didn't jump up and say, oh my gosh, you're right. No, he jumped up and said, oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Now, instead of receiving what God called him, his identity, he's looking at God going, why did you let all this stuff happen to us? He said, uh, what happened to all the miracles which our fathers told us about? Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. So it's interesting because the Lord does not respond to Gideon's accusations. 
He does not say, well, Gideon, let me explain myself. And I didn't read verse 1, but verse 1 says, Israel had turned away from the Lord and did evil in the Lord's sight. So Gideon's asking God, why are you allowing all this happen? But really what happened, what was happening to them, they brought on themselves because they did evil works, which allowed the enemy to come and try to destroy them. God has always been there for us. He was there for the Israelites and the promises he's made to us are yes and amen. But when evil, when we're doing evil in the sight of God and agreeing with the enemy, not with God, because when we partner with the enemy, that means we're doing evil. Then that's what happens. But like I said, God did not respond to the accusations. He actually turned to Gideon and said, go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? And Gideon says to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest of Manasseh, and I am the least of my father's house. Listen, God has called him a mighty man of valor. He has told God himself, told Gideon, you will go and save Israel. And, mid, and Gideon inside of him, all he knew was he's the least of the least and that his family was the least of the least. So his soul was not prospering. His soul did not prosper in what the Lord was telling him. No, his soul was believing the lie of what everyone said about him. He was the least, he was worth nothing. You know, has that ever happened to you where you've been discounted? You've been uh, looked over because people didn't think you cared value? Well, let me tell you right now, God values you and you carry value for him. And if that is the case for you, he will bring healing to those places of discard. He will bring healing to your soul, to your emotions, and help you prosper in that and get rid of this belief that you are the least, that you are uh, willing uh, to be cast off and thrown away and let you rise up in the calling that he has for you. So know that God has a plan for you and no matter what anyone else has said, it will come to pass and he will bring you through a spiritual tune-up to heal you so that you're able to move forward. Amen? I, I think that's a good word for some of, some of you guys listening today. And uh, the Lord says to him, after he explains to God, I've explained to God a few things, after he explains to God why he can't do what God said he just could, the Lord comes back and says, surely, I will be with you. That alone is the strength that we need. God is with us. No matter what we're facing, Gideon uh, with the Midianites coming against him, God is with us. And, he, and God says to him, you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Now think about that. The Midianites were over 100,000 strong. They weren't some little tribe over in the corner acting up and causing trouble. They were strong and they were in volume. There were a lot of them. 
But God said, I will be with you and you will defeat them as if one man. That's a powerful word. Gideon goes on and says, okay, Lord, God's told him all this stuff. If I found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that this is you. Now we're always looking for signs from God, but he says, do not part till I come back and do an offering. So Gideon goes on and does an offering to God and the offering is consumed as a confirmation. He goes on and gives the Lord a few more tests, but you know what? God knows our heart. God knows where we're gonna go and where he's gonna take us. And if we need a confirmation, he'll give us a confirmation. Sometimes we need that confirmation and sometimes we just need to step out. And Gideon had to have a little test the next day. He had to go and cut down all of the, the carven images of the gods of Baal in their community. And that was a big task because he was, of course, considered nothing over to the side. He was the least of the least. And he didn't go during the day. He went through the night. And he took a couple of people with him, and they tore down all the idols of Baal. And when they did, the, the community raised up against him. But then his father stepped out and said no. And that's what started Gideon on this trajectory of walking in his identity as a mighty man of valor that's sent to protect and save Israel. Now think about this. He went through this process of having his emotions healed, the perspective of who he thought he was, his, his own identity of himself, that he was nothing. And as he went through this process and God took him step by step through the process, and as he agreed with God and obeyed God, then he was able to walk even in greater confidence and courage in his identity. And if you remember the story, it goes on with Gideon uh, taking 32,000 men to fight against the 100,000 plus Midianites. And God said, that's way too many men, way too many men. So we're going to take them to, and anyone who's afraid can go ahead and leave. So a bunch of men left. They finally got it down to 300 men. And I'm, I've mentioned this before, 300 men fought against over 100,000 men in the army of the Midianites, 300. And with a torch, a jar, and a trumpet, they defeated the Midianites. So the word of the Lord came to him and said that you will defeat the Midianites as one man. And look what he did. He not only took uh, Gideon through this time of healing of his emotions, a spiritual tune-up, if you will, but he also took him to the place where he could heal and, and step in to the identity which he was called to. He was called to be a mighty man of valor. He was called to be a man of strength and to defeat the army and get Israel back on their feet again. And he did so. So he walked out of his identity. He walked out his destiny. You know, one of the things that I just wanted to 
throw out there to you. And we're going to go through a process of just doing a little healing right now, emotional healing, if you don't mind. So um, let me just pray, Lord, as we go through this process of emotional healing, that you will identify, you will protect, and you will heal the areas that need to be healed. And we'll go through this just like Gideon did. So one of the things we want to heal ourselves of is our limiting beliefs. The limiting beliefs keep us from believing, they limit us from believing that we can do great things for the kingdom of God. We look at other people and we, can, we say, they do great things, but we don't believe that we can do great things. So if you are carrying a limiting belief, you're saying, oh, I, I could never do that. I could never be a Gideon for God. I could never uh, step out and pray for someone. Uh, I could never uh, be a witness at the place that I work. You know, I could, whatever your nevers are, I want you to ask the Lord to forgive you for those nevers. The way we get rid of our limiting beliefs is we, we repent from them. We say, Lord, I repent from my limiting belief that I can't do what you've called me to do. That way it's cleaned off our plate. Then we ask the Lord to forgive us. We've, we've asked for forgiveness and ask us to fill us with a confidence a fresh awakening of the spirit in us to do what we've been called to do. So that's, I'm gonna say to you, that really is the easy part. But the harder part is, is we step in and take a risk to do what we didn't think we could do. You know, sometimes it's that one step of yes that opens up the floodgates of so many things that you've wanted all your life. You just need that one step of yes. So if you've got a limited belief, go through the process. Uh, you can even rewatch this and we'll step through it again, but go through the process of repenting. You can just make a list. Lord, is there any beliefs that are limiting me? And as he gives them to you, write them down. One by one, repent from them. Ask the Lord to forgive you. And then right beside them, one step you could take to break the pattern of being limited in that area so you can step into the freedom that God has for you, just like Gideon. So that's one. The other one is our emotions can be not prospering because of disappointment. Now we've all had disappointment in our life. We all have, I've had disappointment, we've all had it. But the difference in experiencing disappointment and living from disappointment is huge. You know, the word says that Hope deferred makes the heart sick. So when we are disappointed, do we allow it to make our heart sick? And when our heart is sick, then we're not prospering. So if we've had disappointment, yeah, sometimes we're like, gosh, that was so disappointing. I wish it would have turned out different. Or, you know, I'm really broken over this, but we're able to move past it. But if, if you have a disappointment that is holding on to you, and it's almost like a weight in the center of your chest, like you cannot let it go. It's just weighing you so heavy. Then I'm gonna ask you to turn to the Lord and reach inside and hand him that disappointment. It's almost like a prophetic act 
we're going to take it outside of you. So we pull that disappointment out. It may be in your heart. It may be in your head. Just, just do it. Just pull it out. And I want you to reach out and, and put it out in range for the Lord to pick it up and asking, Lord, take this heart sick disappointment from me and, and just wait a second till you sense him coming and taking it. And there may be a little delay if there's someone you need to forgive. So if you don't sense him picking it up right away, ask him, is there someone I need to forgive over this? And if you do, then just forgive them. Say, I forgive so-and-so. And, you know, forgiveness is an interesting thing. It doesn't mean what happened didn't happen, but what it means is it doesn't hold you captive anymore. So just say, I forgive them. And, and I know that you'll feel the Lord pick up and release that heart sickness from you. And that way, the rest of that verse says, when hope realize it's the springboard of life. There's two other little ones we're going to do. And then I'm going to release a prophetic word over you that the Lord gave me. It's a healing word over you. First of all, I want to make sure that there's no word curses attached to our emotions where we're not feeling that freedom of prospering of soul. So have you ever had a word curse spoken over you? Or have you ever spoken it over yourself? Like, I am so stupid. There is no way I can ever understand something. I just don't have the, the ability to do anything. I'm a failure. If you've had those that you have spoken over yourself or someone has spoken over you, I want you to renounce them. And this may take a minute. You may have to just write them all down as they come to you. As you go through the week, they, they may be more. But what you can do is renounce them. You renounce them and say, I renounce the lie that I am stupid. I renounce the lie that I can't learn. I renounce the lie that I'm not able to do something. And I want you to keep renouncing those lies and asking God to replace them with his truth. We want God's truth in this, right? So as you go through your day, as you go through finishing up this show that you're doing with me, I want you to just make a list of these things because when we curse ourselves, it causes our soul not to prosper. And we want to clean all those curses out so that we can receive the prospering of our souls, right? The other thing, and this is going to be our last one before I pray a blessing over you, is the healing from generational lies, sickness, and diseases. So generational, I'm sorry, generational sin, sickness, and diseases. And you know what you can do? You don't always have to know what they all are. You may know. You, there may be, you know, uh, a long line of people dying of heart attacks since your great-great-grandfather, or there could be alcoholism. There could be something like that that you know. So you can just break that. And you just take authority over your generational line and say, I break that curse that's in my generational line in the name of Jesus. I cut all authority it has and I cover it in the blood of Jesus. And I release the goodness and the wholeness over my generation. And you would be surprised at how quickly that will shift 
the way things are happening. Now, I have a prophetic word that the Lord gave me, and it's interesting. Uh, he said, there are some things that I want you to know, and I want you to write them down, and I try to share them with people as I teach, as I go to different places. It's in one of my books, but I want you to just close your eyes and receive this, okay? So this is what the Lord wants you to know. I need for you to know you were created for a relationship with me. I made you in my image and I want to spend time with you. I need for you to know you can call me Father. You can trust me with every thought, every struggle, and every joy you have. I want to be a part of your everyday life. I need for you to know my spirit has found a home in your heart and I'm with you all the time. I need for you to know your life is important to me and an important part of my kingdom. You are writing history every day with each day of your life. And I need for you to know I love you deeply. You are mine and I take great delight in you. So the Lord wants you to know these things. He wants you to know that you are on his heart, you are in his thoughts, you are a part of his kingdom, and you make a difference. You are his story writer for the time that you're on this earth. So go with this knowing that God loves you, he's called you, and he's got his identity written in your heart and wants you to prosper in soul. And remember, you're the best investment you can make. So God is investing in you, so invest in yourself. Thank you so much for watching, and I'll see you on my next episode. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.